and we are recording. Hey there. Hello. Hello there. Welcome to TBA, a podcast about new experiences. I'm Andrew, and this week I wrote a fan fiction about The Mandalorian. Uh, salutations. I am Nick, and <laughs> I wrote a fan fiction about WandaVision. Yes, greetings and salutations, good listeners. Let's get into this. Nick, how are you doing this week? Have you been doing anything new this week, or has this been the same old grind? Oh, pretty much the same old grind. The same with me, except yep. for the fan fictions that we wrote. That was a That's nice, fun break. <laughs> and I watched more Frasier. If oh. anyone's listening, I've been on a Frasier high of lately. Yeah. Who would have thought a show that ended, what, 17 years ago that I'm <laughs> getting really into watching? I love it. I think it's great because you talking about it has made me much more interested to see it yes. than I was before. Uh, and I think it's cool because it's not, it's like you're starting your own nostalgia trend because everybody got re into watching stuff like Friends or re watching The Office or re watching Community or Golden yeah. Girls. But you were like, no, I just feel like watching, randomly starting to watch this old show that I haven't seen in years. What made you want to go back to it actually? Um, I've always liked it, and I've always liked Kelsey Grammer, but I, I just never really seen a ton of episodes. And then I just started watching a few, like, uh, not in order, and then they were like, oh. I kind of want to watch this. And so I just started from the beginning. Nice. So you were just casually thinking, I'll just watch two episodes one day. Yeah. And then you were like, that was more fun than I remembered. I'm going to yeah, watch the whole thing. Pretty much. <laughs> nice. And um, not to criticize anyone, this is my opinion, is... I think some episodes of Friends are funny. I just never personally got into it. And to this day, even I, it's funny. If it's on, I might watch some of it. But, like, I'm not a humongous fan of Friends. I have never gotten into it. I've never seen an episode. I've maybe seen a couple tiny clips, like a, like a two-second clip. I've seen the intro and, you know, and the music video with the Rembrandts for like, down and on and That's fun. But I have never, I've, I've, so many people love it that I've gone, maybe I should just give myself over to it and try. And then I go like, I don't think I'm going to care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which the maybe not the best attitude to have since our podcast is about, you know, trying new things. I'm still yeah. open. <laughs> but I think that it's this thing where I'm like, I just have this feeling that I could, there is this slight chance that I could be like, oh my gosh. But I also know what kind of stuff I tend to like. Mm -hmm. And if I watch sitcoms, I tend to like subversive sitcoms. My favorite sitcoms of all time are, um, you know, Community, which IT is crowd. IT Crowd, which is the most traditional in a one way, but in yeah. the other way, it's totally not like it like has the trappings of the traditional sitcom with the laugh track. Yeah. That that's obviously like, you know, a fake set, but it has this sense of humor that's different from all the other like sitcoms. Like it's that it's copying. it really does. Yeah. Yeah. And I love and and the ones the one sitcom from like that time period that I really enjoyed was scrubs because it's more like community and has more fourth wall breaking and and meta humor so i just thought i don't think friends has any of that meta humor or anything like that not really and this is my opinion i know people if people <laughs> someone on the show might hate me out. saying this but <laughs> i just find 
almost all of them very unlikable and also that like are they friends because it's like <laughs> it's i don't know the, the way friends. they the way they talk to each other doesn't really seem very friendly i mean that one guy is definitely seinfeld but are they really friends <laughs> you <'Cause>, know <laughs> yeah because um well again i just a lot of the characters i don't like like yeah like one of everybody's fan favorites is joey it's like I actually think he's a jerk because he's a wicked womanizer and they he's just some like really mean comments to some of them. But then again, they also say not so nice things to him. So I guess it evens out, but yeah, you know, it's one of those shows where it's like, (laughs) I don't know. And it almost feels like watching a reality show where you're like, all these people suck. And I kind of like the drama between them, but I wouldn't want to be any of their friends. No, I, yeah. (laughs) And and I kind of feel like that with, um, same reason I've never been too excited to watch Seinfeld is like, it's a show about people just tearing each other down. And the thing is community has a lot of that, but it's, and there are a lot of unlikable characters, but they're either characters that you just really love to hate, but they also have really lovable characters like Troy and Abed. Oh, Abed, is, I well, I love, love Troy, but I think Abed is the most pure out of that whole cast. Yeah, and, and, and like there's all these characters that like, yes, there's people like Chang who like are pretty much unredeemable characters or like Pierce. Uh, and Jeff Winger, he's somewhat redeemable, yeah. but he says a lot of terrible things. Right. But that, like, there isn't, like, this thing where every character is just, you don't relate and you don't like them. <laughs> it's nothing because I actually like her in other stuff, but I don't really like Britta. But it's not the actor. It's the character. That, yeah, it's mm-hmm. the character because I love... Um, I forgot her name, but I love her in other stuff. Like I really Gillian like her Jacobs. Car- yes. Gillian Jacobs. Yeah. I like her in other stuff. Like I really liked her in that show love mm-hmm. and she's had like smaller roles and stuff that I really liked her, but her character of Britta, I just don't like because they keep referring to her as the worst and like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you don't even like her in her pizza, pizza, miso hungry phase. No, <laughs> you don't. Really. That's the best dance. Which I mean, is it's like terrible. It was like the That's most random thing ever too in that episode. <laughs> yes, that whole episode has a lot of very random things. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah, Troy. I mean, d- definitely Abed, but Troy and Abra. Abed's the heart of the show, and he. I think he's the most pure out of all of them. And Troy's probably se- coming in second. A second. Yeah. yeah. If I did, yeah, purest to like douchiest of the characters, in my opinion, <laughs> Abed Troy. I'm gonna say Annie, then Shirley. Yep, yep. Then Shannon is Shirley has more of a dark side. Um, then I'm gonna have to, even though I just said that, I'm gonna have to say Britta just because you know, I don't intentioned. like her character. She does, that's her thing. She does have good intention, even though, yeah. He and then would her, you yeah would you say Jeff because yes. I would say he's higher than Pierce yeah. and I would say Chang is at the bottom because Chang is truly a sociopath yeah. and Pierce is just very ignorant <laughs> yeah and like, like and petty he's very petty character wise I like I like Chang better than Britta but in order of oh, like oh, pure yes character wise yeah. I love Chang he's yeah. hilarious he is it's such funny. a great they did so many Ken hilarious Jong is things so funny in that show yeah People who watch Community are loving this, and people who've never seen it are like, "This is as if we were talk, as if we were listening to people talk about Seinfeld or Friends." Yeah. Uh, wait, do you like Seinfeld? I don't want to rope you in with um, me. Yeah, I like Seinfeld. Like again, I get where you're coming from, and 
knowing you, you probably would not like Seinfeld. Mm. Okay, because fair enough. It's it's one of those shows where like, um, yeah, each one of them thinks they're better than the other one. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. They they think all, oh, but they're all selfish in their own way. Yeah, and and, and this is just recently. Uh, and it's not like any particular thing where it's like a scandal or something. I don't thought I'd cancel him or something. It's just I find him irritating. I've just gotten kind of fed up with Jerry Seinfeld's real life personality where yeah. it feels like he's always trying to make a point and always trying to be better than someone yep. in, in, in his comments on stuff. And I haven't actually heard him be funny in a long time, just more angry and an- annoying. <laughs> That's just yeah. my take. I mean, who knows? I, for a time I was really respecting and appreciating that he was being himself and like, and like being direct and not cutting through the BS. But now I just feel like he's just stuck trying to prove that he's right to others. And because I have a tendency to try to prove that I'm right. I, I hated other people because I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how things are, you know? Well, I think you're good intentions. I think he's just like a rich celebrity guy who's famous that he, I think he has that, um, complex where just because he had a hit show he thinks he knows everything you know it feels like it but i have also i've only it's not like i listen to everything he says i've just heard but no isolated interviews and stuff he's extremely full of himself like there like uh there's an interview with him and larry king and oh uh, larry king King are always awkward (laughs) no offense to larry yeah that's true that's very (laughs) so combine that with jerry seinfeld's competitive energy i really want to watch that in a train wreck kind of way but don't want to watch it also yeah basically <laughs> um larry king uh I, I i know exactly what he said but he basically implied um uh that like uh you, you left uh, Sean, uh seinfeld got canceled and like he i think he implied it that way but that's not what happened and jerry seinfeld took wicked offense of that we were number one we we uh we uh we left on top and he really got like angry and we were number one yeah it's like oh okay calm down it's like we it were the greatest pretty much it's like he really freaked out over that it's like uh, okay and just enjoy your piles of money I, I, I it's like don't take it out on larry king my god oh man Um, well, thankfully, we're not talking about Seinfeld. This or is our fan movie. fiction of just media. Yeah, what if we just <laughs> did a fan? What if we? Had, what if you had done a fan fiction of Seinfeld and I had done a fan fiction of B movie? Thankfully, no. We oh. did it about things we actually love. Fan uh, fiction of B movie <laughs> that exists in droves, I'm sure, and I don't want to read. I'm any pretty of it. sure that would it would just be another movie because I don't think you could really. How could you <laughs> fix that movie? Oh, I don't know about fix. It's very boring. Well, it is a B movie. They yeah. put it right in the title, and we should have. I wouldn't even say B. I would go. <laughs> you call it a D D movie? Yeah, because um, <laughs> you know, a what, different movie. What what kid loves to learn about suing people? Uh, it wasn't this kid. I I have never had much interest in the legal system. I yeah, didn't mind but, the movie because I was a little kid. I don't. I don't think I sit through it now. A- apparently, Jerry Seinfeld thought 
How, how can I make kids care more about the legal system? <laughs> this is coming from me, the, the prequel apologist. He went to the George Lucas school of writing kids movies. <laughs> <laughs> like you need more. Lucas is like, oh, you need more uh, uh, trade trade federation. You need like more, more legal proceedings and uh, political uh, 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 discussions. And he's yeah, like, because okay. he obviously thought Jar Jar Binks was going to be a laugh riot, and that we all know how that turned out. We're all laughing at him to this day, but some <laughs> for the wrong reasons. Uh, <laughs> so uh, instead, we did some. The whole point of this podcast, since we're still kind of new, I'll explain it a little bit in more detail, uh, and we're still figuring out the intro how we're going to succinctly wrap this up. But the idea is that it's a podcast about new experiences. Nick and I are, you know very uh, limited in our life experience. We've experienced certain things a lot. We love movies and uh, we love pop culture and we've shared that love and it's really a great part of our friendship. But day to day, you know, we tend to just do the same things. I watch a lot of movies, play video games, you know, I do creative work. I, I work on music and video, but there's a lot of stuff I'm not, I've never done. And one of those things that neither of us had done, and this was your idea, Nick, was uh, uh, fan fiction. I've definitely been around it a lot growing yeah. up. I was a, you too. Yeah. I was a nerd definitely growing up, not just now. Uh, I've continued <laughs> to be one, but I was a nerd growing up and I loved, I was in like a book club, like a, a Redwall book club, which is like fantasy kids books about uh, animals that like woodland creatures that like swing swords and stuff. It's very mm -hmm. fantasy. It's like Lord of the Rings, but with like- yeah you know, mice and ferrets and stuff. Nice. And so, yeah. So like we were in a book club for that and people would also talk about Harry Potter and because those were coming out, they would talk about Lord of the Rings. I was a part of like a Lord of the Rings group for like a workshop for a couple of weeks where we like made our own Lord of the Rings community and stuff. It was all very nerdy and very fun. I was around a lot of people who wrote fan fiction and I also would be like going on my favorite fan sites for like Redwall and for Star Wars and stuff. And I would see people writing tons and tons of fan fiction, mm -hmm. but I never, I didn't read that much of it. And I never read, wrote any of it myself. And how about you? Um, I never did, never, never, never did. And um, it's, I never had any interest in reading it because, and I think we even talked about this in the last one we did was um, I always, it's just a weird thing in my mind. I always have to go, by the official writing because i just feel like if someone writes something about that it's like it's never going to be true unless the real person doing it did it because mm -hmm. it's not canon and i don't like you're just kind of not interested because you're like i want to see where they take it yeah. i don't want to see where some random unauthorized person takes it it's like unless it's like you know, official, like everyone knows, oh, this is all, this not might not be direct canon, but it's some sort of like, this kind of exists in its own world. Like so a lot of the X-Men movies do that. Like mm -hmm. I even said that too, where it's like Logan technically doesn't exist in the same world as Days of Future Past, which I'm fine with. But if I wrote my own Logan fan fiction, where it's like Logan meets um, the juggernaut in a time battle, it's like, <laughs> That's it's kind of interesting, but it's I'm like, excited it about doesn't matter. <laughs> I just, I just, in my head, it's like, it's trash because unless someone greenlights it and makes it into a comic, I was gonna book, say, unless they're part, unless there's a legal <laughs> back to legal stuff, unless there's a legal interaction where someone's like, you are officially, you know, uh, head of writing this thing, then it doesn't count to you. It's like, it just feels like it's kind of like, um, 
a cop out because mm-hmm. like everybody like again i think that's very creative of people trying to do their own voices of what they would rather see but it's like in some ways it's almost like trolling where it's like <laughs> i feel like it's like um it's like it's not it's not right you're just messing with this because you didn't like it it's like you're me- you're angry and you want to mess with it so that's that's what i always felt about it but here's the question i never thought about it that way do you really think the majority of people writing fan fiction are trying to fix something they don't like do, i i took i think I it's imagined, a little it's a little bit of both i imagine a lot kinda, of it was just i love this world and i want to live in it more so i'm gonna have a creative exercise where i write in especially probably people who write themselves into it. Yeah. That's probably a fantasy of, I want to live in this world and this makes me feel like I'm more in the world than if I just watch it. I would never, ever do that. Cause that just doesn't fit with the way your yeah. brain. I, thinks I could, it. I could obviously, I could imagine myself what I would do in this world, but I would never write about it because personally, I think writing about yourself in the first person is kind of lame. <laughs> I just think that's bad. I just think that's terrible writing. Uh, I don't think everyone does that. There's a reason why. Okay. You always imagine yourself in a different way than you actually are. And I think that's not a healthy or good way to look at yourself. I always Uh, think it's uh, better not to do that. Interesting. So you'd rather someone wrote like their friend into it because they have an outside view of their friend. Yeah. And they could get a better perspective or if they wrote about someone that they know of like a famous person it's even more accurate than your own view of yourself which is usually pretty it could off. be funnier like if they wrote tom cruise it's like even if it's a fictional tom cruise it's it's funny because people know that character you know now, now nick it's, how it's, do you almo- feel about- it's almost a fictional <laughs> character of itself you know yeah now how do you feel about people messing with the canon of people's real lives because don't you only want to experience the way that you know their actual god or the universe has like ordained their story <laughs> i'm just messing with i'm you. not sure where you're going with that to be honest <laughs> I, with you. i'm just messing with you i'm saying because if someone writes a famous person into it then that's like even crazier than writing something that's not the canon of like a fictional story they're writing something that's not canon of someone's real life people that's the ultimate write, troll people can write whatever they want it's just up to people what they want to believe <laughs> but you just personally aren't gonna enjoy it yeah yeah i know i just, just i don't like that it's like um and also i realized and this is another critique but some people are pretty pervy this is this is rated you know mine's rated uh g uh personally <laughs> mine's probably g too well i don't know maybe pg i don't know there's nothing graphic at all yeah but maybe pg but just barely i don't even think so um so yeah we just wanted to have fun with the two worlds we picked for each other which i've said it before i'll say it again i always want to give credit to nick because i think it's a great idea it gets us out of our comfort zone i was going to say to you nick this idea of we pick what the other person does we started it when we were did our previous episode about uh cuisine when we were having that uh nepalese food and we've continued it where like if we're doing something together where we're both having a slightly different thing. In this case, it's writing a different fanfic than the other person picks. I've realized I love it a lot because it's twofold. Yes, one, it makes it feel more like a totally new experience because it gets me out of my comfort zone. I don't get to pick something safe that I want to do. But also, it removes me having to make a choice, which just is way less stressful. 
because most of the time in life you have to make your own choices. So <laughs> it's nice once once a week to be like, oh, Nick made the choice. I'm just going to do it. Um, so yeah, I'm a fan of that. So we picked for each other. Basically, Nick wanted me to do a fan fiction about the Mandalorian and I wanted him to do a fan fiction about WandaVision. And that's what we did. And we're going to read these for you guys, uh, for the listeners. Yeah. Our totally I, uh, baller audience. I'll go first, and I'm telling you right now, I didn't go silly with this. Maybe the next one I will, but I just basically I went, in my opinion, I don't know if it, this is what I'd like, but this is just something I think could possibly happen. Uh, the the uh, what would happen next after Wandavision, and you put nice. a twist on mine, saying that let's try to make it uh, Hawk Vision, which I did. So this is Hawk. Ah, yes, you did. All right. All right. Awesome. All right. Scene. Newly born white vision, which I'll name WV, just had <laughs> an all of his original vision memories just installed into his memory bank. Also, just FYI, I wrote this. So and sometimes when I write fast, I don't spell or make it sound like sense. I don't care. Even like <laughs> even like what I just said right there. So <laughs> viewers, I mean, listeners, yeah, you're viewing this. <laughs> beware. <laughs> listeners, beware. We wrote these uh, quickly, and I did with mine as well. I did the first draft, didn't edit. So I, yeah. I'm with you. Keep going. All right. This is white vision, not uh, red vision. Yeah. It's, I'm not trying to sound racist. I'm just I, I, I know. <laughs> Sorry, he, he literally became I so hard not to have a reaction. He literally said, at the end of <laughs> spoiler alert at the end yes, of one division, there is now a new vision and he's completely white head to toe, not in like a white guy sense, as in the color white, <laughs> like bright white. Yes, yes, yes. No, no one's doubting you. I just was being yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, confused, he needed to think. And he flew far, far away from Westview. He arrived at Hawkeye's farm because memory served. It was a good place for Avengers to think. Uh. He went into the barn and sat on the roof thinking of all the new information he had just received. It was painful. A feeling he wasn't fully understanding yet. He realized that, yes, his body is from the old vision, and he now knows all the memories from Jarvis and the previous vision. But taking talking to the Westview vision that Wanda made, he realized he is and isn't vision. What am I now, he ponders. I don't know where to go from here. Do I go where I left off from the Avengers after the events of Endgame? Do I do anything differently one thing was for sure he couldn't do is find wanda his memories still have feelings for her but they are not his full memories he needed to find out where he is now without her maybe that's true what drew him to clint's farm he needed insight from an original avenger who out of all of them is the most rational and stable one of them that still lives on earth Frison spent a few hours pondering on what he should do next. And wow, I really just stuck with him just pondering a lot then. <laughs> There's a lot of deep next. thought. Yes. <laughs> and finally decide to talk to Clint. 
He phases through the barn, flying up to the night sky, looking down in the Barton family home. He can see Clint in the kitchen preparing a midnight snack. <laughs> he goes down to the kitchen. You know, pause for one second. It would be <laughs> funny if we next time we do this, we read the other ones. Wait, what? If we do this again, we should read the other person's. Uh, uh, yeah, I just think that would be funnier. That's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. If we do something like this again, where we both write something. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. S- sorry if I took you out the story of him just <laughs> pondering and then thinking and pondering and thinking. <laughs> he loves oh, to was, ponder. He has the vision. Yeah, he has the vision. That's true. I was less original than I thought I was. Wow. <laughs> All right. Scene. Clint in the kitchen preparing a midnight snack. He goes down to the kitchen and quietly phases in the room, not wanting to wake anyone up. However, Clint has heard him a mile away, and he throws a kitchen knife at Vision's head. Vision catches it before the blade hits his head with the infinity stone thingy. <laughs> I, I added up that because okay. I don't know exactly what that is now. But, you know, his little forehead. It's not an infinity stone anymore. I was wondering that, too. It's light blue. It's weird. It looks kind of more technological. Yeah. Rather confused. We'll find that in Hawk Vision. (laughs) We will. I could have wrote something about that, but oh, well, I didn't. Oh, well. Continuing. Impressively, Vision says out loud, Clint. Looks confused, but also relieved. Vision? I thought you I thought you were dead. Well, yes and no. This may be the original Vision's body and memories, but I am not that Vision. I can see that you'd look a bit pale, Clint chuckles to himself. Vision, ah, humor, to diffuse the weird and awkward uh, tension. How amusing. White Vision explains all what has happened to him and all of the events of WandaVision. My God, I had no idea Wanda was that powerful. I wanted to. I should have reached out more, but it's only been two weeks since I got my family back. White Vision th- explained, there's no need to explain. As a husband and father, I understand the needs to take care of one's family. Clint, but she is a part of the Avengers family. I should have asked her to maybe come home with us. Vision. Clint, I have a full I have full memories of all the events Wanda has experienced and encountered. She would have politely refused ever attempting uh, uh, ever any attempt of you asking her to join you and your family. She has to do this on her own, her own way. She will reach out if she needs it. I know that much at least. Clint, so what do you need? White Vision. Well, I hope you can help me what you were going to offer Wanda. Clint, what is that? White Vision, a chance to find who I really am. Hawk Vision logo. Ah, so it's like, it's definitely, I like that it's what I was imagining. Yeah, what I suggested it to you was very different than what I got, which I like because obviously it's more fun if it's unpredictable. Because what I when I was suggesting it, I was imagining sort of like a reimagining of WandaVision. Vision. Uh, but no, but it was an open ended prompt though. That's just the idea I had in my mind. I have no idea what you had in your mind when you suggested my prompt. We'll see. It's probably nothing like what I did, <laughs> but well, uh, but I liked the the Hawkeye thing because it's more like a continuation. 
And is that more something that your brain likes? Like you'd rather experience, like try to theorize what could happen yeah, afterward I'd, I'd instead rather, of rewriting what did happen? Because you I like don't, what happened. I hate that personally in stories. I don't like rewritten. rewritten re, I don't like anything changed from what it originally was. I'd rather. Unless it's time travel. Because then it's well, in universe. That's, yeah. But like, you, you know. Uh, you know how in some sequels, like they change like s- facts like really bad. It's like, when did this happen? You know, and it's I don't like that big of a change. So I just like, I'd rather them even if it may be confusing or something. I'd rather them stick with it and try to make it sense of uh, the story instead of just undoing things. Or yes, yeah. Like I, I will agree with you there. Where I hate that in um, we've talked about this before. I hate reboots that just go. They're not reboots, actually. They're sequels, but they decide we're just gonna pretend the events of these yes, four I movies didn't exist. It's stupid because so they're like, uh, well, they still exist, and everyone still saw them. So, like, you didn't undo them. You just, you just were lazy. And I agree, it's better if they're gonna try it. And there are some great movies or shows that have reinterpreted what happened going forward. Mm-hmm. They make the plot change creatively instead of just going ah this is too hard to deal with we're just gonna ignore it yeah I, I think that's very lazy writing it's like yeah just stick with it just and stick that, with what happened that, yeah when you see that happen with certain franchises like jurassic world or like halloween i think did that too with their reboot yep. and when they do that it also in my mind for me it kind of reinforces the idea that oh this was definitely just a cash grab at its core because the studio just said we need to make another movie in this series because people will watch it and then they went well it's too hard to to rework all the other movies to make this make sense and what we want to do it's like well just do it okay i guess we'll just ignore it it just kind of proves to me that it wasn't a creative vision they had at first it was a money vision and then they decided to create the story around that yeah it's like they did it with the terminator movies a lot which i never liked and they do it with (laughs) Uh, I know they do it with like TV shows based on movies. Right. I always found very annoying. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I can get behind the, the different actors because obviously the actors aren't going to go do TV <laughs> things of it. They need, sure. they need to hire cheaper people. Yeah. If this is not but, Disney plus, then you probably aren't getting the original people yeah. back. <laughs> but I just like, if that's the case you're going with, don't make a new story. And I, they do that all the time. And it does, that really bugs me. Yeah. So I liked your version. How was your experience writing it? Did you have fun? Were yeah, you not I did have fun? fun. Nice. I would have definitely proofread this because <laughs> I basically said the same thing over and over again. Oh, yeah. Mine's not proofread either. I just, just had tried to have fun with it. But I think that what I liked about it was the I, I liked the visual in my head of Vision leaving Westview and flying out to that like Hawkeye's farm. It's kind yeah. of a, it's kind of a similar, it has like a similar peaceful vibe to the idea of, or like, of like a safe place, like, mm-hmm. like the beginning of WandaVision with Westview. So I thought that was a good little parallel. And I also like the idea of Hawkeye and Vision. They never really ever interacted in the movies at they, all. Er, they like sort of erect, erected. Yeah. They're not spiders. <laughs> they sort of were erected. I would agree. Yeah. They, <laughs> interacted in uh civil war when uh clint was getting wanda and oh you're right you're right that's the one scene you're absolutely right so i guess they've never had like as a team they only had this one thing where it was just a plot thing where he was in the way and that was actually a good scene i will say that was a really good scene so actually i take it back 
but it was nice to see a little more. So I'm glad you had fun with it. And I think it's cool. I mean, as much as like, obviously you've written before, it's like, hey, you just did something new, Nick. This is your first time ever writing a fan fiction. Yeah, next next time I'm going to do a uh, fan fiction of Twilight, but make it a <laughs> lot more sexual. Oh, no. That's <laughs> called Fifty Shades of Grey. That is canon. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, that is what... what happened um so i am uh liking that you're talking about the idea of a next time because i would write another fan fiction whether we did another fan fiction episode or if we tried to in order to keep it a new experience we could do a different type of fan fiction yeah that would be fun and i like the idea of next time down the road we read each other's i i enjoy i just think that's funnier if we do read each other's and without having read it before i think yeah extra fun first time reading it (laughs) oh yeah going in blind that would be funny Mm mm-hmm and even knowing what it is. All right. So you picked. Oh, God. <laughs> so, okay. You're doing uh, Hunger Games, but it takes place in space. Okay. Here we go. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, Hunger Games, but Katniss Everdeen is mean. <laughs> Katniss right. Everdeen is uh, running the games. How about that? Ooh, that's probably Ooh. someone's fan fiction. I should write that. Uh <laughs> All right, so it's my turn, Nick. I'm excited. So yes, I don't want to get into too much detail. I don't want to reveal the, dis- the the angle that I took on this, but you just asked me to do something in the world of The Mandalorian, a show that I love, that we both love. And uh, I had a lot of fun. It's not as long as yours, but it is, people don't think as much, unfortunately. Uh, but there is a lot of inner inner monologue. I'll just... I won't, I won't set it up anymore. I'm just going to read it. Here we go. It's my Mandalorian fan fiction. Everything was dark. Suspiciously so. I rubbed my eyes groggily, disoriented and pissed at the notion that I don't remember how long I was out. I'd been bagged up and kidnapped. How long ago, I didn't know. And I needed answers. Yesterday. Slowly. My quadrenarian joints aching. That means 50 years old, by the way. I pulled the (laughs) metaphorical and literal wool from over my eyes and took in my surroundings. Well, happy 50th birthday to me. (laughs) I was sitting in a dingy, dimly lit back room with my only two party guests staring back at me. One was a gangly, broken down murder robot, judging by the cold gray steel and the gun pointed in my face. And the other was some sort of masked assassin wearing a uniform with a duochromatic brown and gray color palette. This day just keeps getting better and better, I thought. God, I'd kill for a frog egg right now. (laughs) No. The masked vigilante slapped his gloved hand onto the murder robot's gun to stop him from putting me out of my well-earned misery. (laughs) The robot turned its head and droned gratingly. The commission was quite specific. My head felt heavy, and I almost blacked out. But when I came back to, the helmeted hireling was pointing at me. What did he want? Who did he think he was? What gave him the cojones to point at me so accusingly? I reached out my weathered, three-fingered hand and pointed right back in his presumably smug, visor-covered face. See how you like it, Merc. I would have gotten out of my glorified motorized scooter right then and there, that infantilizing cradle on repulsor lifts, and maybe I would have never seen that idiot again. 
but I was weak from being knocked out by Werner Herzog and his imperial thugs a few hours before. And my giant green head and huge pointy ears weren't all that helpful when it came to getting up quickly from lying down. I'd stay put for now, see what this bounty hunter was all about. But I'd get to the bottom of what was going on, or my name wasn't Grogu Jones, Private Eye. <laughs> and that's it. Nice. <laughs> nice and short. <laughs> Very smart with the language. Oh, I barely thanks. had I had barely trouble saying like regular words in mine. <laughs> uh, I I will not lie. I uh, I decided to have a lot of fun because I remember reading a bunch of stuff when I was younger. There was this weird thing when I was growing up reading like books written for kids, like like not even young adult novels, but like the in between, you know, like the stepping stone books. Yeah. And your kid, like you know, that like it's not for little kids, but it's for like preteens getting better at reading. And uh, there was these uh, like it was a big thing on like detective stories, stuff like Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, Encyclopedia Brown. But also like when you get a little older, there was like a lot of private eye stories for some reason. Um, and there was this book series that I can't remember now, but it was. Uh, what was it? Oh, Oh, was this what it was? I'm trying to remember. Was, I'm looking it up because there was this book series that I... Oh, Chet Gecko, Private Eye. That's what it was. This <laughs> book series I read as a kid. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It was this hilarious at the time. It's probably not that good. But it was great um, uh, book series. Wow, it's giving me nostalgia looking it up. What's it, it called? by Bruce Hale. And it was uh, modeled after like classic Private Eye noirs. But it was the, it was for like, you know, fourth graders or whatever. And it was, uh, it was, it was, there's like the, the chame the chameleon wore chartreuse or, uh, the big nap. Farewell, my lunch bag. There was, uh, uh, what was it? Chet Gecko, the Maltese, what was it? The Malted Falcon. Oh yeah. It was a giant chocolate falcon that got stolen, um, instead of the Maltese Falcon. So anyway, I, there was all these things that I read as a kid that were like, Oh, I never heard of this one. Yeah. Yeah. They were really fun, but, but there were other things I read too, as a kid that there was just this obsession I had with like the private eye noir genre, but just kids book stuff. So I just wanted to do a private eye story, but from the perspective of baby Yoda, I thought would be fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, once I got that idea in my head, I went, Oh, this would be fun to write. And I just didn't overwrite it. I just, thought it was only like five paragraphs but i was like well it'll be fun it's just the opening scene it's not the opening scene of the mandalorian but it's the first scene where we see baby yoda and he's just mm -hmm. staring up uh at you know tired eyes at uh mando and uh what is it ig 33 I'm, ig yeah, 11 sure. ig oh. 11 that's what it is and uh and <laughs> and like i just i don't know if you picked up on this but i i was like what can i do besides having him just like having his inner monologue and like listening and like looking at them and listening but there's the scene where the mandalorian like dramatically points like reaches out his finger to baby yoda to touch they touch yeah. each other's hands and i was like ah what would that look like from private eye Grogu Jones perspective. <laughs> so I had a lot of fun. And in those, oh, the reason I was bringing up Check Gecko and all these like kid private eye things is that I remember they used to always like overwrite, like that was part of the fun. They would like have like way too much description and like overuse fancy words and stuff. And I just thought that would be fun. So I, I went crazy writing like, writing like the most complicated words I could think of. 
But uh, but I will tell you to be honest, because you were saying like impressed that I like could say all the long words first try. I practice saying quinquagenarian <laughs> over and over. I still don't know if I got it right. I think I said quadrinarian because that reminds me of Quadraneros power couplings from the Padres. <laughs> Wait, what's that? I was trying to do the one division. Oh, Quadrinarian. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, that was fun. I had a lot of fun writing it. Uh, at first, when you said Mandalorian, I went, "Oh, I don't know what I would do for a fan fiction." Because actually, kind of similarly, I, I I love the story of the Mandalorian, but. I actually feel like they do a really good, a lot of the, the charm and appeal of the Mandalorian, it's not really in the writing per se. I mean, the writing's not bad, but it's really in the visuals, the emotion, the action. The story is pretty simple most of the time. It's pretty much just like a space Western. And he just pretty much goes into town and is like, people are like, we need your help. And then he's like, let me help you. And then he helps them. Then it's like, where's, where can I bring baby Yoda? It's like over here. And that's pretty much the plot of most episodes. And I like it, but I couldn't think of how to make that interesting in a fan fiction because Mm -hmm. I just figured it would be a more boring version of the actual Mandalorian. But then I thought (laughs) of the, the private eye first person uh, noir thing. And then I was like, that'll be fun. So, Um, but yeah, that was fun. Thanks for giving me that prompt. I generally enjoyed it. I actually, it's funny as we're, as I'm, talking about my story i never really thought about it and i was kind of feeling like you were coming down kind of hard on like all fan fiction like being like like you don't like the idea of people rewriting things but then i thought about it and i was like i think the reason that i personally wrote this it was just a retelling of the same scene yeah uh, is i actually kind of think me personally i don't really also care to watch someone rewrite a fan like a, a fan retelling of, of another of a story that's already exists. I'd rather see a retelling that's like puts a spin on it or yeah. from a different person's perspective. But what I think I would like to read again, I don't know if I'm going to seek out fan fiction um, because it just the quality. Me, it seems hard either. to. Yeah, if a friend like, wrote it, if I was yeah. on a if I was on a message board with like a bunch of friends who are writing fan fiction and sharing it, I would probably read it. Yeah. It'd be fun to see their perspective. Like if you wrote more fan fiction, I would enjoy reading it. Um, but I think, I think it's just, it's, it's very like, um, <laughs> it, it's not very well curated or policed. This is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's because- not, it's not very um, regulated. So yeah. I have trouble finding the good stuff. I feel like. Just because um, also, and this is kind of disheartening when I say it, but like, unless it's like my own original story, I would get more excited about it. Because if you're going to do fan fiction, it's like, unless it's like you're being paid to like, let's say, write the next Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. but you have to use these characters. I don't consider that fan fiction because you're, you're doing something, you know, that's going to be something. This is just like, 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 oh, your fan fulfillment. And it's like, it's kind of sad because it's like, <laughs> no, 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 not like, let me explain. It's, it's just sad to me because it's like. You could say whatever you want. It doesn't mean make it true, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think any stuff that was like that where people were trying to like angrily like people who are like, we're gonna make our own cut of the last Jedi. But it's a lot harder than people think. It really is. Oh, of course. People were it's talking like, about they're gonna make like a fan version of The Last Jedi and they're trying to get funding for it. And I'm like, Yeah, why do you care? Just make 
make a different story. Like, yeah, it's like, I don't love the last. It's not going to undo that the last Jedi exists. You're just making a different story. That's your fantasy of what it should be. I personally don't like the last Jedi, but like, just keep it. I don't want to say it never existed. I just think that, I think that's stupider. Right. Just don't watch it. Watch another movie that you like. Yeah. It's or like, make another story that you like. What they yeah. should have done, unfortunately, that they didn't. They just made it an okay version. Was in the the Rise of Skywalker. Make it make helpful choices so that one's not make sense. But they they just honestly, I don't know about your opinion. They made a lukewarm Star Wars with that one. Oh, I really like the Rise of Skywalker. I can't believe it has the low ratings it has. I just really I don't believe it. it should be that low. But I don't. I was kind of shocked. Like, <laughs> I don't think it's like amazing. You know, it, it didn't. I just didn't, really it had a great. Didn't reinvent punch. the wheel there. <laughs> For me, it just had a good emotional punch. I feel like with the finale, you don't really want to reinvent the wheel. But maybe that's yeah. narrow thinking for me. I don't. I think the middle movies of trilogies is where they always need to go crazy. Like yeah, I do too. They they need to take a chance and I applaud them for doing something, but it wasn't my cup of tea. And actually, even though I like the rise of Skywalker and I really like the force awakens, I prefer Ryan Johnson's risk-taking personally to a paint by numbers thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, I think what you're saying about rise of Skywalker. Yeah, is like, I, I appreciate it. I just didn't like it because there, he just made choices where I just didn't like. Yeah, and I think that's fine. I think at the end of the day, a creative person is going to make a choice. And I was listening to a great interview um, uh, just before doing this uh, with Matt Gorley, who's a podcast producer, and he's he produces a lot of really entertaining podcasts. One that I think you would love, Nick, that I, I really recommend you check out called uh, I Was There Too. And it's just uh, him interviewing people who had tiny parts in giant movies like um oh i you tell me that that sounds very interesting you should totally if if i'm going to recommend one podcast that i'm sure you'll like it's that one i was there too uh and anyone who's listening who's a fan of movies i'd recommend it because it's so fascinating it it's a perspective of a huge movie and of like the whole film industry process by outsiders people who they were in a really amazing scene in a big movie but they're not big celebrities and it really is cool. Uh, cool perspective. So I was yeah, listening I to an, that's really cool. Yeah. I was listening to an interview with Matt Gorley, who's the host of it. And he was talking about how creatively he said he has mixed feelings about how the, the world is of, of entertainment is set up right now where like the most of the feedback you get for your creative work is through social media. And he said he, he has a, you know, uh, pretty tenuous relationship with it and the way he looks at it is at this point in his life he really does not care what other people like his fans think of how the story should have gone he's more concerned with or or like the product how the product turned out because he said it's he's much more satisfied when he's like creatively like am i happy with how it turned out yeah and i think that's great because and he said he said i'm also fine with it failing he said if people don't like it then I'm, I think it should not do well. Like if no one wants to listen to it or watch it, he said, that's fine. Yeah. But he said, he says, I always manage to find the people who do like it. And that's how I feel about a lot of those types of stories, uh, whether it's like The Last Jedi um, or, I mean, even like kind of weird indie movies that a lot of, they're just not going to have mainstream success because they're too off-putting for some, most people or they're too weird. 
I think that's great because they're not for everybody and not mm-hmm. every movie has to be for every single human on the face of yeah, the earth. Yeah, exactly. You, people who don't like it will find other stuff they like and people yeah. who do like it will usually love it because it's so unique, you know? And that's some of the stuff that, uh, that's why I, I think it's, I enjoy in my life that I love giant Marvel movies and I love shows like WandaVision, but I also love really obscure <laughs> shows and movies that aren't for everybody, you know? Yeah. That's great, you know, they should both exist. I enjoy our <laughs> our takes on fan fiction. I would also do it again. I think if we can find another angle to make another new experience, or if we just want to revisit it because to see how how it's different after we've already done it once, if we maybe want to go deeper or something, uh, that would be fun. Yeah. This has been good. Why don't we end with the TBA, a tiny brand new action. Uh, and uh, I think ne- maybe next week, if we have more time right now, we've, we've been going a little bit long. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could do an improv game. But yeah. for right now, let's just try to each say something that's never been said. It can even be the two words. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, set the table with purple gerbils. I don't think anyone's ever said that. <laughs> Set the table with purple purple gerbils. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. <laughs> Set the table with purple gerbils. Okay, I already messed yeah, up. Yeah, that's gonna be hard. <laughs> um, hmm, that cats movie wasn't actually half bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, Nick, I love you, Nick. Yours always no, has to be a, a biting film commentary. No, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> one. I'd be like, um, what's it? That's a good one. It's like, I appreciated um, that though. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I wish there was more. I, I wish there was more asparagus themed movies. Oh, that's good. I don't think yeah. anyone said that. I you highly know, doubt it. <laughs> I wish there was more asparagus themed movies. I don't think anyone's in like a like a pitch meeting uh, in Hollywood being like, "Look, the numbers are in. People are loving asparagus themed movies." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the creators of Veggie Tales will be sad to find that out, but there's not much of a market right now. Not really. Yeah, imagine Taken with who, Liam Neeson, who, but it's played who by the asparagus. As <laughs> taking vegetables and Jesus together. Only the creators of Veggie Tales would have <laughs> thought of that. And fun fact, they were gonna be they were gonna do chocolate bars uh, and candy bars first. It was gonna be candy tales, but then the creator's wife was like, "That is a really bad message for kids to like, like uh, make a show just about candy. Make it about vegetables." Yeah, that's why it happened. Nick. Have a good night. You too. Everyone. Uh, we salutations. Yes. Greetings, salutations. Many happy returns of the day. And we'll see you guys next week for another episode of TBA. Thank you for listening to TBA. If you have a new experience you'd like us to try, our email is tryingbasicallyanything at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at TBA Suggestions.